It's not a great song. It's really not. 
I don't think. I'm confused as to what I do right now is if like do I leave or do we just continue talking about this? I get it. Okay. We can, we can stop the interview right now. <laughs> I think this is, we're done. We're done. Okay. Um, how about I hope I can trust somebody who doesn't like Little Red Corvette. Okay, so I don't trust people who don't drink, and I know that you don't. They don't. I don't drink. I mean, I drink. I mean, like once a year, maybe. Oh. Maybe. So you're not completely averse to. No, but I mean, it doesn't take much, right? Like you know, if someone doesn't drink all year, you have one drink, and you you know, just with this little amount of time that you've known me, Mm -hmm. how insane I am. Mm -hmm. And someone who probably doesn't need to personify that with alcohol is someone (laughs) like me. Wouldn't you agree? I don't know if you could handle me. Yeah, actually, I can see that. Yeah. I'm actually thankful that you don't drink, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I, actually, I'm drunk right now, to be honest with you. I'm just always drunk, so you don't know the difference. Yeah. <laughs> okay, how about Raspberry Beret? What were you asking me? Yeah. It's an amazing song. Okay. I like it, too. What about Cream? Uh, oh, sexy. somebody somebody actually had that on their um, on their playlist. So, I was listen- so in between meetings at work, I mm-hmm. play Spotify. Okay. And Cream came on. And I, it's like I forgot I was at work because then I'm playing it really loud. Ooh. And that's professional, you know, when you're playing something <laughs> like that really loud. And I didn't care. I mean, it's just such a good song. Yeah. So you, you like that song? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Vaguely. I mean, he's got some songs that are super cheese. Like? I mean, there's so many. Like, there's so... I mean, if you look... Okay, so the ba- the whole Batman album soundtrack? Yeah. Fantastic. What? Yeah, that's <laughs> When I say me. the word fantastic and you do that face at the same time, it's hard for me. <laughs> but, I mean, it's... It was a Batman. I guess that's not a very good... But there's, there's a lot of cheese, right? There's like, a lot of cheese like on that record. Michael, who's on my who's on my list, spoiler alert. Michael right. Jackson. A right. lot of his songs are super cheesy. But that was kind of the time, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, do you at least respect Prince? I respect him... Yeah. Okay. Then lot. I'm okay with that. I have the utmost respect for Prince. Okay. Then I'm okay I, with that. I respect the art. Okay. I definitely do. Okay. He just, you know, the thing about Prince for me was that I never really got him. You know, he was just, he was into his art. Yeah. I never really, I didn't really get the Prince thing. So you didn't think he was like hot? <laughs> like, could you uh, get why no. women wanted to love him? No. No. Really? Actually, because he's kind of a, I never really, I don't know, I never really got I love that. it that I'm asking you if you... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, way, the let's talk about for a minute that until I just said that you were totally into talking about it. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, I was not. All right. <laughs> All right, are we going to talk about That's your songs it. or what? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, um actually I want to bring up one more thing oh, before geez. we get into your songs. Okay. I thought it was really funny. Okay. So, after we agreed to do this, mm-hmm. that you come in and, and do the um do the interview. Um <laughs> we talked about your list, and mm-hmm. you told me that you were going to submit a fake list. Oh, right, right, right. With like really bad songs. Yeah, I just thought that that would be so fantastic, and I, w- I was wondering if you would like take it back. I thought like, that you was... would be like, you know what? I just don't need you. Don't need you for the podcast anymore, Robin. I was gonna, I, I, I was gonna fuck with you a little bit and see, but oh, I probably the first f bomb. Oh, the first f bomb. Yeah. Ouch. I um, I probably would have really just exploited you. <laughs> but the thing is, though. And this is going to kill, like, everyone who hears this part is going to turn off the rest of this episode. Right. But I have, I'm all guilty pleasure music. Uh-huh. Like, if you bring me to a Hanson concert, watch out. Like, Mbop? Yeah, so I, when if I had put Mbop on there, I probably could have talked to you just as passionately about that hey, as man. I just did about Prince. Whatever blows wind up your skirt, right? Do you like Hanson? No. Okay. I do not. All right. But yes, I However, was going to give you a fake list. Actually, that would have been actually <laughs> really funny. Okay, so your real list... Begins. My real list, which was so hard. 
Was it? I cannot tell you how hard this was. Yeah. And it was just um, so many... Re- I mean, I drove you nuts. I was like, okay, I'm going to send you a new one. This and you like literally... Your, this is like your fourth Yeah, you try. literally had to tell me to stop. Yeah. Um, and what's hard for me is... I grew up around so many different genres of music. Yeah. And so I have influences from like my mom loved pop and country. Mm-hmm. And then through my stepdad, I had, you know, um, the, gr- like the metal and the grunge and that kind of thing. And my, and my uncle and my brother was big into hip hop and stuff. And so yeah. for me to pick songs, cause music is like, it's my escape. It's been my escape since I was little, mm-hmm. everything for me to pick like 10 songs to talk. It's just, it's incredibly hard. Yeah. And so I took your advice because I remember I think it was like the fifteenth time I had asked you about it. And you're like, listen, just pick songs that you want to talk about. And I was like, okay, well that gives it a different spin because yeah. it's different than songs that I love. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it was hard. Yeah, and and this isn't necessarily about your favorite song. It's about a song that makes you feel, feel. something. Yeah. It's it's it triggers a, a visceral response. The problem with me is that I'm a very emotional person, mm-hmm. and so almost every song gives me some sort of it's a bookmark instantly. Mm-hmm. Like I'm triggered. I'm looking at something else, mm-hmm. but I get very emotional over a lot of stupid stuff, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of songs that like you know hard for me to listen to the radio sometimes because it's like oh that took me there that took me there so okay so let's go all right so uh the list starts with a song called two of hearts by stacy (laughs) again everyone's turned off the episode right now (laughs) everyone's just like i can't with this girl um so this one i thought was a good one to start with because you know when we first started talking you and i we weren't talking about songs that well we were talking about songs and stuff that we like but it was more when you told me about your your last book yeah. And how you talked about um, songs that gave you feels or things like that. And this song is such a horrible song. Mm. I mean, it's not a okay. It's not a horrible song for most people. That gets catchy, whatever. Yeah. But to to if someone were to say to someone, Two of Hearts" by Stacey Q is just like that song gives me the feels. Mm-hmm. It's a questionable statement. For sure. So for me, it's all about. Um, I think it was three years old. So I've just revealed my age. This okay. Came out about like eighty six. I'm okay with it because you're much older than me, so I'm okay. Oh. Um, hi yo, and so <laughs> it was. It was. It was around that time, and I don't know my dad. Like he took off when he was probably when I was like young, super young. I okay. have legitimately two memories of him. Okay. The first, the second one was him leaving. So he mm-hmm. took my brother and I to the park. Okay. And then he just took off. Okay. And the other memory I have is my mom used to have a record player right in the living room. Mm-hmm. And she, I think she either bought this album or they bought it for me. And I just could not get over this song. And the only other memory I have of my dad is me and him in the living room and me dancing to this song. Oh, wow. And so every single time I hear it, like for the longest time I couldn't listen to it. Yeah. Well, first, because it's a little awful. But secondly, because <laughs> it would take me there. And, like, that is, to me, this whole exercise of us talking through it is just, like, how a song, no matter what the lyrical content, or even lyrics are huge too, right? But they just take you to a certain place at a certain time instantly. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's what it does for me. And so that song, again, horrible. But when I listen to it, it's just, like, emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I could give you a list of, of 20 songs that are awful, that make me awful. So that make me <laughs> yeah. feel something. Yeah. I mean, we're not really talking about the quality of the song. Right. Right. Know? But um, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. No. No. Um, I'm pretty. I mean, it's it's not something I'm obviously ashamed of, but it's just you know the very first part is like uh, 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 like right from that moment, <laughs> yeah. it's just done. I'm like 
people if you if you were in a room with me and you didn't know that story and yeah. you heard that first part and you looked at me and I have this like sad look on my face you'd be like what is wrong with her yeah but it's just so interesting how that thing can just have such a big effect on it really you. is yeah because right? yeah. yeah. it's like it, it's 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 extremely ironic yeah because it's such a happy kind of it catchy, is yeah you know for me like that song almost it, it has a very kind of um retro disco feel yes, yes and, yes, and yes. then you know when that that uh, 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 it just uh, kind of turns my stomach when I hear that because it's like it's not even 80s it's more than 80s it's so 80s but yeah. like you're right it is retro disco yeah. and like can you imagine I wrote her a letter it was like dear <laughs> Stacy Q your song just means so much to me. it would just be ridiculous but yeah. I know I don't think there's anyone in the world that hears that song the same way I do and I no. think that that's that's what adults I think that's about, that's right? unique it's fantastic yeah yeah, yeah. 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 You know, I, I know that song. I think it was 1986. When it, it was came 86, out. yeah. So you had told me that you you kind of grouped her with Debbie, who's now Deborah Gibson. That's right. Yes. And, and Tiffany. Exactly. And that's when I told you my Tiffany story. That's right. And so um, some girlfriends and I went to Casino Rama, is where you the best place to go watch washed up artists yes. makes their comeback. Yeah. I mean, I've seen MC Hammer there. Fantastic show. Really? I got to give it to him. Yeah. I mean, he was just so ridiculous, but it was fantastic. Cause How did he afford to get there? I don't probably because of I paid for the ticket. <laughs> I mean, I didn't tell you how much I paid for the ticket. It was like two thousand bucks. It was totally worth it. Um, but I mean, like you cannot make another song like Too Legit to Quit. I mean, it's just fantastic. And so, can you do that dance that he does? Who obviously, obviously, I was doing it at the concert. Um, but my Tiffany story is so we're sitting in sort of like the the back end seats, and there's these. I mean, no offense to anyone who's listening, but if you go to Casino Ram concerts, you usually, like, see a lot of old people. Yeah, yeah. Not, like, old like you, but, like, old. old. Oh, You're welcome. That's the second time. Same. And so, so Tiffany at some point was like, come on, everybody, come up to the front of the stage. And yeah. no one over, you know, 50 is going up there. <laughs> so, we go, and my friends and I were like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to us. We rushed the stage, and we're standing there, and um, she started singing this love song called Could Have Been. Right. And the lyrics are just about like lost love, and I don't know why she chose me, but she sang right into my eyes with intensity. <laughs> and I, you know, you can't break eye contact with Tiffany, and it was just one of the most beautiful moments I've ever had. And she wow. came to the audience and sang, "I think we're alone now," and put her arm around me. That just gave me I mean, goosebumps. Yeah, I think we're. I mean, I think we're in love, but I just we never followed up. So, but it, that's my Tiffany story. She didn't give you your digits. She didn't. Mm. You know, it could have been so beautiful. It could have been. been. That's disappointing. Yeah. That's a shame. Well, let's not dwell. Let's go okay. to your next song, then. Okay. So it's uh, Sir Duke by mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder, and I love this song. You do? Yep. I love this song. I mean, I love almost every Stevie Wonder song. Do you know why it's called Sir Duke? I do, because of Duke Ellington. Look at you. I mean, I'm, I'm here for a reason. But see, he doesn't say Sir Duke at any point in the song. He doesn't. But he wrote it for her. He did, as a tribute to him, and just like yeah. can't be seen all of those guys. But like, he sings about them. He calls them by name throughout the lyrics. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, um, this song reminds me of my grandfather. Okay. And so my grandfather is, was such a jazz nut. I mean, if you could picture what like a pimp black man from the seventies <laughs> looked like, that was my like, grandfather like, all the time. Like Rick James? No, not as bad as Rick James. Not as bad as, <laughs> I wish he looked like Rick James, but I'm talking like, I've never seen my grandfather in a pair of jeans mows the lawn in like dress shoes oh wow the um dress shirt opened up with the gold eagle chain seriously I mean, he was just the best pimp and ain't easy pimp grandpa like it was the best and he, had, he was a ladies man and um and so okay. my grandfather was the perfect example of someone who listens to music not with their ears but like their whole entire body awesome 
And so you could literally just watch him. And if you listen to Sir Duke, there's parts in it where Stevie wonders in the back and he's like, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, in the back and he's like, yeah, ha, ha, ha. that's yeah. how my grandfather used to listen to music. Oh, that's great. And so you'd literally be sitting in a room and, and a song would come on and you'd be having a conversation with him and he would stop what he was, you know, and he's like, just like so into it. I love that. And so anytime I hear that song, he's since passed my grandfather, but mm. Um, it reminds me so much of him because I can actually hear his voice when I hear it. Oh, that's And so then cool. it's kind of like a tribute to him because he was so fanatical about jazz music. Yeah. So that's that's why I love that song. And that's plus, awesome. The part in the chorus when Stevie Wonder's like, ah, and he goes like so, like I don't know what it is, but like I get chills every time he goes into wow. it. Does everyone sing on your podcast or is it No, you're the, you're the really first one. I'm really sorry, yeah. You're the first but one. there's just something about the way that he sings that it just gives you the chills. Yeah. Can you auto-tune it when you actually make it live? I'll see what I can okay, do. Thanks. We'll see. But yeah, that's why I, I was on the on key there okay <laughs> yeah but that's what's on my list very cool yeah very cool uh your next tune is working day and night mm-hmm. so, so so if anyone that knows me listened to this podcast and there wasn't a michael jackson song mm-hmm. they would think that i had like psychological issues i'm obsessed <laughs> um like to the point that i have you know that evolution of man where it's like the monkeys that yeah, yeah. Um, I have that as a canvas in my home, but the last one is like MJ doing the... Come on. I mean, I do. I'm insane. Seriously? I'm insane. Yes. That's hilarious. But there's something about the way that he makes music. I feel like he... This is going to... People are going to make fun of me so bad for saying this. I think he makes music for people who listen to music like I do. Okay. And so what I mean by that is... I don't know if you ever saw his documentary after he passed. Like, I don't know uh... if you know the story about that. So he was going on this huge tour... And they, so they filmed it as a documentary as his last tour, but then he passed away right before they went on. And so you get to see the behind the scenes. And if you, any interview or anytime you hear him talking about his music, every single like, like that's Mm. him trying to like grasp a feeling out of you while it, you know? And so I picked this up. This is not my favorite Michael Jackson song. Okay. But so the beginning of this is interesting because he's actually trying to beatbox. I don't know if you ever knew that. Yeah, And he did it in times of a studio, what's it called? I went on a st- Studio 54. Four. Four, yes. Um, I'm old, yeah. Yeah, I was just trying to... Yeah. yeah, I was trying to put that out again. But so it was around Studio 54, and he was he was so into, like, that sort of scene. And so really? Yeah, and so he was trying out beatboxing with his... But it just kind of just sounded like typical Michael Jackson. It didn't sound yeah. like beatboxing. But every part in this song... I picked the song because you have, like, the typical, like, like, everything, all of that. But then you hear him, like, hey! Like, all the classic Michael Jackson sounds. and. Every time he does one of those, it literally is like, oh, like I can't handle it. And it's funny when you're listening to Michael Jackson because one minute you're just so happy. Like I cannot listen to that song without tapping my feet or dancing or whatever. And then all of a sudden you listen to like Man in the Mirror and you're just so, <laughs> you're so sad all of a sudden. And then there's like a song that, and then all of a sudden I'm mad about like global warming because he's like, so, you know, it's yeah. just like I go through such an emotional roller coaster of all the songs that he has. Yeah. But by far... This is the hardest guy for me because, you know, he's not a good person. Mm. So people say, right, obviously, but yes. And so how do you separate, like, Michael Jackson, the man, versus Michael Jackson, the, you know? It's always been very hard for me because I, like, I love is not even a strong enough word for what he's meant to me or what his music's meant to me. But then, you know, when you talk about Michael Jackson now, it's kind of taboo, so... Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting that you say. I really keyed into what you just said there because I have had that same problem too. Yeah. And, and and there's no bigger letdown than you know potentially meeting one of your biggest heroes as a as a child and the person's an asshole. You know, I had this conversation with a very wise man. His name is Jamie Blaine 
from Nashville, and he said to me, he's a, he's a rock journalist. He's, sure. he's met a lot of these people. And he said, you know what? You really need to separate the person from the art. Mm-hmm. You have no choice. It's hard. And he's right. It's really hard. Do you like Michael Jackson? Um, Fairweather fan. You know, again, it's, it's one of those things I respect the art, right? So if you heard Billie Jean on the radio. I love uh, that bass line in Billie Jean. Mm-hmm. That bass line is just like, yeah, it's it's, it's fantastic, right? Yeah. That's actually my least favorite Michael Jackson song of all time. Why? Because it's so played out. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, when I say that, I I love Billie Jean. Okay. But everyone's usual go-to is that song because everyone... Is it really? Yeah. Huh. I, I have this thing that I feel like you can really tell a lot about a person's personality by their favorite Michael Jackson song. Really? Yeah, I okay. always quiz people. Like, if you love, if your favorite song is Pretty Young Thing, okay. you're generally, like, you grew up as a teenager in the 90s, and then you fell okay. in love, you know, that's kind of your thing. A lot of people's is um the way you, uh, the, the way the way you make, make me, me feel. feel, yeah. And if you, you're kind of like a romantic at heart if you like that song. Yeah, and, that's yeah. happy. Yeah. Um, How about Dirty Diana? One, not my favorite, but uh. I get it. Um, anything with <laughs> anything with Slash involved as well. I mean, does he play on that? He played on Black and Black or White. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he He's... played in the video, I think, for Dirty Diana. Oh, you know who plays on on Dirty Diana is uh, Steve Stevens from. Yes, Billy, yes, Billy yes. Adams, you're right, right. You're right. You're right. Right. Or mm-hmm. Billy Idol's band. So you like Dirty Diana, huh? No, you know what my favorite um, Jackson song is is Beat It. Really? And my favorite part of that song is the Eddie Van Halen song. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Love. Yeah. yeah. That gives me. That gives you that the That makes my skin vibrate. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's hard for me because I started with the Dangerous album, mm-hmm. which was Black or White or all the things, and that's where I became... It was like a cassette, you know, so you just play it back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. And I went backwards. So that's I went into Off the Wall, and then I went backwards, like, in albums, I mean. Okay. Um, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, where do I go from here? Well, I went, like, I went all the way back to Off the Wall. Oh, and then you came forward. And then I came forward again. To Thriller. And then yeah, and yeah. then um, and then when he came out with Invincible, completely unrated, al- underrated album. Which mm. again, you're doing that face. No one knows what it is. I have no um, idea. I, I I know nothing about that record. I know the name of it. I know nothing. It's on so it. underrated. Really? No. So my, only my, if you my love face Michael. was justified. <laughs> Not a lot of people know it. But then you like you also go back to like the Jackson Five and um when he he came out as a solo artist when he was a kid still so a See, song I, like got to be there do you know that song yeah 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 like that i song thought working day and night was a jackson five tune no really Mm-mm. oh shit. it's okay. off off the wall oh oh mm-hmm. okay yeah what's wannabe starting something from off the wall right mm-hmm. ah you see that's the jam do you know it's um i made my password once Mama say mama sa mama <laughs> for a really hard document to get into, and so I just knew no one was gonna be because no one spells it the same way either. That's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what? So when we talked about cheesy earlier, yes, there's a line in there that goes, "You're a vegetable. You're a veg." Do you know that? Yeah, no. Because no one ever notices it, but he's talking about how like you're an idiot. You're okay. Just, and he's like, "You're a vegetable, and I hate you." And when you sing the words, "You're a vegetable," again, yeah. it's just very cheesy and yeah, weird, yeah, yeah. but you just go with it because it's Michael Jackson. It sounds like Michael Jackson. This is very bizarre, right? Okay, we, I mean, we can move on to the next song because you just called me hero bizarre, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So the next song is I've I've never heard this song before. What song? Silver Springs, Fleetwood Mac. You've never heard Silver Springs? No. Interesting. I've not. And I mean, again, uh, props to Fleetwood Mac. Right. Never heard this tune. So Fleetwood Mac is one of my all-time favorite groups. Mm-hmm. 
I started with Little Lies. So Christine McVie or uh, Stevie Ooh. Nicks? For Here's you. the thing. Love Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Love her voice. Yeah. Um, Seven Wonders. Do you know that song? Yeah. That's one of my favorite Fleetwood Mac songs. Okay. But I, I love the Christine songs more. Mm. N- not because of the voice, where just like Little Lies. Yeah. Um, like you know, just everything that she's, all those songs that she does, I just love. What what album is this from? Silver Springs. I don't I don't, know. So I, I don't know this tune at all. It's Well, so the first time I saw it is I'm a loser who goes through rabbit holes of YouTube where yeah, you yeah. start like with one. Oh, and, and, and then like, like this, 16 hours, like, like, you're like, where's yeah, yeah. my life gone? And I totally how did I get you. here? And I think years ago I was doing that. Yeah. But this song to me is so heartbreaking. But like, you know, when you like something hurts so good kind of feeling. Yes. This song to me is like every pattern of a relationship that I've ever had. Okay. So if you know, you obviously know Fleetwood Mac and you know the stories behind them and Stevie Nicks and Lindsay Buckingham, just that whole dynamic. Oh, huge like dysfunctional. How do, you, how do you be in love with someone that much and then still continue to be in a band with them? And then she slept with, what's his name? The drummer? Yeah. Mick Fleetwood. Yeah, Mick Fleetwood. Yeah. And then you're still all in a band together. Yeah, I was so, so dysfunctional. Yeah, so the first time I ever fell in love with this song without even knowing the lyrics at that point is if you watch it, go yep. down a rabbit hole. Please okay. do this after I leave. Okay. Um, watch how they sing the final chorus together. They sing it to each other? They're singing to, and they probably do it on purpose, but they sing it to each other and there's so much passion and feeling between it. Like you are left speechless. Really? It's so raw. Wow. It is absolutely so raw. And so to me, the song is, and it could be something completely different, but to me, the song is like a woman singing. She has this fantasy of a relationship with this man who is so completely emotionally unavailable or they're just not in the same place at the same time. And that is like legit the story of my life. And my last relationship, air quote, um, is this. You know, I've, I love this man so much. He's so broken. Mm-hmm. We cannot stay away from each other. We just completely always hurt each other, but we will never be together. Mm-hmm. And that to me is what this song is, right? Okay. Like, you know, and so you listen to the song and that like it just completely kills me. But then to see them go through that sort of same raw emotion, it's just like it's it's like beyond nothing I've I've ever felt. So when you hear the song, you'll see it, but then you'll also hear it in the way that they sing it. It is such a beautiful song. How have I never heard the song? Before? It is. I mean, it it again. Check it I, out. I, I, will, I definitely will. I'll check it out. If you cry, you have to tell me. I would never tell you. Okay. Ever. I'll watch you watch it and make sure. All right. <laughs> okay. Next song, Washington. Yeah. No Excuses by Alice in Chains. I love just, this song. Alice in Chains might have been the first group that I felt like I was actually coming to my own musical style. But Alice in Chains, I remember the very first time I saw them was the Grind video. Do you know that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry Cantrell with his beautiful blonde hair. I was just like, I fell so far in love with him. Oh, really? And yeah. I used to be in love with Sebastian Bach. Same look, like the hairband. Yeah. Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers was... Not a blonde. No, but the long hair, mm-hmm. just like, Rang. but um, Jerry Cantrell, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but Lane Staley, his voice, it's so haunting. I love him. You're it's, right. It's, haunting oh is a perfect word God, for his voice. It's so haunting. Yeah. And so I saw this grind video and I was like, I got to do more of this. Yeah. So I found Jar of Flies okay. um, in my, my stepfather's collection. Great record. And No Excuses was the first song that I think, I don't know why I think it flipped or something. Okay. In the beginning with the drum roll. Yeah. It's just like the fourth, third, fourth song. It is the fourth song, yeah. Yeah. Um, the drum, the 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 drum roll that it has, and then the doom doom doom, like the way it goes into it. Yep. It's just like the second it starts playing, it's just like, and it literally takes me completely back to that whole place. 
But it's just the way that... Because Jerry sings lead on that song. Yep. And then the chorus is both of their harmonizing. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. You're right. And so then I start... You know, I listen to... Do you know that album well? And so yeah, I, I Stay Away was another song that I, I was love that obsessed song. with. That's right before. Yes. I think that's song three, right? It's the three yes, track. It's, it's, they're like right back to back because I would yes. flip, 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 flip. Yeah, yeah. And then that's another one where, okay, I was like, I got to go back. So then I went into like Rooster and Man in the oh, Box yeah. and all of From those dirt. songs. Yes. And yes. then I just became utterly obsessed with them. Yeah. And then he went on a, Jerry, after Lane passed away, mm-hmm. um, he went on a solo tour for this album called Boggy Depot. Yeah. Um, I know it. And I dragged my friend who also was in the Tiffany selfie. You remember from that story. <laughs> um, I dragged her to the show. You only and have one friend, right? I only have one friend. <laughs> and so anytime I reference anyone, even the romantic relationship, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, so I, I brought, I showed up with a rose. To go to this concert, and she's like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "You were. I'm not being seen with you." And we went with my stepdad again. My stepdad, I should mention, so influential in me. Took me to so many concerts when yeah. I was growing up. I've been to, and he is the one that really got me to like love the experience of concerts and awesome. such a special thing that we have together. Good friend. But he he brought me to he brought us to Jerry Cantrell, and it was in a small venue. I can't remember what it was, and I'm in the front row with this rose. You're, I don't know oh, you're what, in the front row. I don't know what... It was standing. Okay. I don't know what I thought I was going to do with this thing, but I was like, I just got to tell him how I feel about him. Yeah. And obviously that's the best way. I'm like, I'm too young to throw my underwear out there, so I'm just... Because <laughs> he's not a predator, and that's awkward. So I bring the rose, and all of a sudden, like, towards the end, I throw it. Yeah. Even I'm so embarrassed of even telling this story, but it has a happy ending. Okay. And so he goes to his whole set, and at the end, he picks up the rose. Yeah. And he looks kind of like out into the audience and emails like, thank you, I love you. Oh. Which when I would tell the story closer to then, I would just say he looked at me he when he did it. He looked at you when he did it. But like, it was like we were connected. And then she looked at me, my friend, my one friend, and was like, like that was the best idea. I am so <laughs> glad you brought that rose. I'm like, I know. I told you. Because it was just like, oh my God, Jerry Cantrell picked up my rose. It was just amazing. That's so. too bad they didn't see you throw it though. I don't know if I picked up my time. Why, did, why didn't you Oh, just you wait? know Why? Because I threw it, yeah, and it, there was a gap between standing area and the stage, and oh. it and I'm just a horrible shot, and it went in between. Oh, and a security guard, God bless his soul, picked it up and put it on oh. the stage. Oh, so okay. that's what happened. Okay, yeah. What was the venue? Do you remember? So maybe like Lee's Palace or something so really smaller. super tiny. But oh. one of my favorite memories, and just yeah. So that's awesome. Do you know the tragic tragic ending of Lee? The one thing that comes to mind when you said they they actually found him two weeks after he passed, which is so horrible, and it was only because somebody his accountant looked through his his records and, and, and yeah. And Did you know that Mike Starr was the who was the bassist? Yeah, bassist was the last guy to see him, mm-hmm. and they had been doing drugs together. Yeah, and then he died later on yeah. from an overdose from yeah. it. But so tragic, right? I, know. I mean, again, if can you imagine if they continued to make records? Oh, I know. It would have been like nothing else. I love Lane Staley. Like I, I love his voice, and mm-hmm. I just love his whole his whole deal. And, I don't know and, if he ever got that he was so influential with his voice as he was. I don't think he did. I, don't think I really don't. Sad, you know. If if you think about him, he'd given interviews with Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. and, and and he actually he said, "I'm I'm close to death, and yeah. I I didn't picture my life ending this way." But it was just so tragic to watch this unfold. Fall from grace, right? You know. Mm-hmm. I know, but I always thought like no excuses. There's a there's a, a dark kind of beauty to that mm-hmm. song, You're and totally it right. really 
you know, it, it's almost representative of Lane Staley's life, yeah, you know, yeah, because it's this really dark thing, but there's this small glimmer of hope, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of how I hear the, those songs. Yeah, I think that that song connected people who didn't get Alice in Chains yes. to Alice in Chains. Yes. Because if you if Rooster was the very first song or man in the box that you ever heard from Alice in Chains, you either like him or you don't. Yeah. But Alice in Chains was so complex in the way that they did it yep. that it was so kind of different than anything that they've done. Agree. You can you anyone who didn't know Alice in Chains, that's when they started to listen and sort of be like, okay. I totally agree. Backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Wood is almost like that too. Oh, yes. Yes, right. yes. 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 I love that song. I stay away is like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heaven beside you is another one of yes. those. One of those like. Again, very tragic, beautiful. Song. The same thing, right? Yeah. Small sliver mm-hmm. of, of hope in there. Yeah. I just love it that you know these songs, Brent. It just, you know. It's funny, and I won't get into it because we talked about this before on previous episodes, but like Alice in Chains used to be, well, in other incarnations, a glam band. Yes. Because Lane Staley was, was an 80s kid, right? He was mm-hmm. kind of coming through in Seattle, um, and he used to be, he was in, geez, he was in like a glam band called Sleaze. What? He used to be a drummer. Uh, somebody somebody suggested to him that he should uh, audition for this singing gig in this glam band called Sleaze. And he did. Mm-hmm. And he got the gig. And then he met uh, Jerry Cantrell at some like, recording studio or whatever. But then they toured as uh, a band called... Well, they, they used a bunch of different names. But they used uh, a name called Diamond Lie. Okay. So they were, in essence, kind of a glam band. Mm-hmm. But like they, they... You know, I give them credit because they saw this thing coming in Seattle. The mood yep. and the... And they're like, we better get on this that vibe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. They were the, the catalyst, I guess, to me falling in love with, like, Soundgarden. Yes. And, like, oh, Chris yeah. Cornell, probably one of my favorite frontmen ever. Mm-hmm. But that was the whole start for me. So, just again, when I hear that role on No Excuses, I literally am taken back to that whole time. Yeah. Where right. It was, like, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. This, again, was me coming of, like, my own taste. Finally, yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love I love the stuff. Good. Yeah, yeah, very cool. I love that you love Alice in Chains. I do. You know who else I love? Who? The Black Crows. Good intro. <laughs> good segue. You did good there. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Hey, no, it's just a pretty face. Um, wiser time. Is so your let next me. Tune. I need to tell a story about how this made it to my list. All right. So I originally had it on what version one out of fifteen, and okay. um, I love Wiser Time. Mm-hmm. I, this is a song that I will literally listen to the one chunk of when the guitar and the it's the the keyboard starts off. Yep. No, sorry, it's the acoustic, okay. right? And then the keyboard comes in and then you have another guitar playing and then they all come together. Yes. And I, I used the word orgasmic before when I was talking about it. Yep. And I would listen to that one chunk. I would like rewind it and then listen over again and rewind it and listen over again. Yeah. And I love me some Chris Robinson. Like, <laughs> I, I think we've talked about that, right? I do know that. Like, about right? you like, that. And again, this is a theme in my list is there's a lot of guys. I was like, oh, I've fallen in love way too much with these people. <laughs> um, but he has a special way. He has that, you know, at the end of all oh, the yeah. sentences. He's a very soulful yeah, song. Yeah. And he has that thing. It's kind of like, stay with me. Like Cisco, you know who Cisco is? Who the fuck is Cisco? From Sisko? the song song. Oh, that too? Yeah, so he has a signature like, hey. Is it like Siskiyou? Is that how you spell it? You're not focusing on what's important. He has a signature way of ending his sentences is what I was going to say. Okay. You're going to cut this part out. But Chris Robinson (laughs) does the same exact thing. It's like the way that he ends some of his like verses. I don't know if you've ever. I'm just thinking. So the way that he says, um, we will part the sea, you know, that that is, is, he does that so much in like every one of his songs. Yes, I know exactly what you mean That's his signature, yeah. And so 
that's part of why I love Wiser Time. James Hetfield does that too. He does. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're totally right. Thing. Okay, sorry. So, no, no, it's good. So, that's why, because he does it a lot in that song, and I just love it. That's a great song to, like, sing in the car. But that whole chunk with the guitar, then the keyboard, then the guitars, and all of them coming yes. together. And so, anyways, so when you were talking to me about my list, I was like, I'm, I'm struggling because I want to talk about stuff that people won't get bored with. Yeah. Do you remember this conversation? Yes, I do. And I said, you know, there's a song called Wiser Time by the Black Crows yes. that I'm just like, boring. That's what I said to you when you were like, I love that song. That's my favorite And Crows that was, time. you know, I loved it before, but at that moment, I was like, this is it. <laughs> and so that's why it made the list. Because to me, that was the first time I was like, that's a very, like, not a lot of people know that song. Really? I don't know one person who knows that song. Oh, wow. And so when, and I, I love that song. So when I heard so you I. knew it, yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh, like, this is like, where have you been? Like, it was kind of sort of that. And then I told you the story about the cover album on yes. Spotify. <laughs> so I have Spotify. And when you play certain songs, the cover album comes up. Yeah. And for anyone who knows what that looks like, for people who don't, how graphic can I be? But we already said the f bombs. So we can talk. Oh yeah, about that's it. true. It's a woman who clearly has not been maintaining <laughs> her pubic area, and so she's wearing underwear with like pubes hanging out of it. And so what's the worst part is I love this song. It's so passionate. It's so beautiful. So laid back. So chill. And I play it, and if I have my phone on the open, people think I'm a giant perv because I am listening to the song, and I'm. You can tell on my face like I'm feeling it. I'm so into it, and this woman's pubes are just like everywhere on my phone. So that's why I told you I'm like I can't listen to it in public. But I, yeah, it's funny because there's two versions of that of that album. You right? were saying that, yeah, I so, didn't know that. So they 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 initially went with that one, and you know it obviously disrupted their sales in places like Walmart and Kmart or whatever, uh, and then they released one without the pubes mm-hmm. but i'm kind of surprised that spotify released Spotify's rele- racy like they're <laughs> taking it to the limits really they didn't care i mean uh-huh. obviously they didn't this woman's pubes are all over all the time and i'm just <laughs> i can't not be okay with it because i love the song so much you know how many people right now are googling the album cover absolutely, to the pubes. absolutely. <laughs> but anyways that took away from the whole point of how much we love that song we just went right into pubes <laughs> oh man all right so your next tune yep. is uh, a word tour by a tribe called Quest, and this is the I think this is the the, the first time that uh, a song has appeared twice now. Okay. On two different playlists. And you like this song, which I love this me. song. So the reason I stuck this on here is first of all, hip hop is a huge part of me and everything, but I actually didn't really love at all hip hop until. 12, 13. It goes back to kind of the reason with the Led Zeppelin. My brother would blast hip-hop music throughout the house when my mom wasn't home. And I was just like, I'm trying to sleep. But he would play, like, Eazy-E. And oh. I don't know if you know Eazy-E. Yeah, um, N.W.A. Yeah, N.W.A. And I, okay, no one saw <laughs> what you just did. Yeah, he just flashed me some gang signs. Um, so incredible white. moment that just happened. Um, <laughs> but he would play Eazy-E and N.W.A. And not being like and I love them now but not knowing or liking hip hop at that time right. at that decibel being so loud yeah and just like if you listen to Easy E songs they're all about like how women want to screw them and stuff like yeah. that. and I was just like you know I'm so cool I'm in Alice in Chains like this is just I hate this music whatever <laughs> yeah. and then he I don't know if he had the Tribe Called Quest anthology or he had the Low End Theory album okay but he started playing that and that was the first time I was like okay I get this now okay like I get hip hop Low End Theory is a good record too oh, yeah 
better than the album that this is on. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And that's, yeah, that's not on here. It's on Midnight Marauders. The, ris- the reason I picked this song was this just was always just happened to be my favorite Tribe Called I Quest love song. this song. Me too. Yeah. And my, so stupid, but um, my brother's name is Buddy. Okay. And there's a part in it that goes, buddy, 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 all up in your face. And so when I was little, I was like, oh, buddy. Like, oh. And, That's great. And now when I hear it, I just smile over that. It's so dumb. Yeah. But when he would play this album, that was like the beginning of my experience of learning more about hip hop. So then he like started listening to Doggy Style by Snoop Dogg and mm-hmm. Warren G and things like that. I'm like, this is this is the shit. Like, yeah. so it wasn't until, until, like, if you listen to Tribe Called Quest, they're so whimsical and so genius in the way that they do lyrics. And oh, they, for sure. And they sample a lot of songs. So I was telling you earlier, like the Lou Reed, Take a Walk on the Wild Side. Is yep. the, um, and so that's how I kind of I kind of knew those songs before and I'm like wait a second what's the sampling that they're doing I don't know what that was yeah. can you use other songs in your song yeah. um, and then I don't know if you've ever seen the the documentary about them no I haven't and it goes into I'm going to send you the link okay um, do you know Michael Rappaport yep he produced it and directed what? it what yeah he's Blonde a huge guy? Tribe Called Quest fan um, and he it goes it's again it's so incredible because you see how influential they are so they, they interview a lot of different artists that love Tribe Called Quest mm-hmm. but then there's a really really interesting war between Q-Tip and Fife really? yeah plus by the way their voices could not be any more unique and more amazing yeah, yeah. together yeah. Um, but you would never know unless I, until I watched this film that they were always at odds because I didn't know that yeah they didn't speak for a very long time apparently and I didn't know that either until I watched the movie Really? Um, you should totally check it out. But yeah, it's yeah, it's well. a it's an amazing movie. But Tribe Call Quest, one hundred percent one of my favorite groups of mm-hmm. all time. So I had to put them on the list. But again, they were the first group that I was like, Okay, I get this hip hop thing. I get yeah. I get why people are into it. I like why the kids are into it. So Yeah. Yeah. No, they're a good line into hip hop. Mm-hmm. Just like a, and I was saying this to, to, to Kent Bailey when we talked about uh, Tribe Called Quest because he had the same song on his playlist, is that they, they just bring this different kind of level of musicality. Mm-hmm. They, they bring in like trumpet melody lines, all sorts yes. of like different, mm-hmm. you know, elements. Yeah. And they go into that in the movie about how they pick up what they want to sort of sample and how oh, they really? choose it. and. It's yeah. fantastic. And again, kind of like I said with Alice in Chains with that No Excuses song. Yes. Tribe Called Quest was the catalyst or sort of the bridge for people who didn't really get hip hop. You, I, I can't, I've never met a person who doesn't like Tribe Called Quest. At least yeah. one of their songs. Exactly. And so that's what to me it, it feels like. And then obviously Fife passed away I think a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And then they came out with this album after. Um, and they had it's a great album. It's just very recent. I saw that they did something on Fallon. They did. They did. Buster Rhymes things with them too. I'm still heard about it. I just yeah, want to throw yeah. that in there. But um, they do a trip. They his Fife is still all over the tracks. Yeah, they yeah, recorded, yeah. You know, um, and the way that they sort of do it is in a very respectful kind of you know yeah. they perform and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's still a fantastic album. You know yeah. when they come out with albums after people pass away. Yeah. And it's like the stuff that ended up on the, the cutting room floor. It doesn't like, feel like, like that. Like Led Zeppelin's Coda. Yeah. I don't know that because you yeah. know how I feel about Led Zeppelin, but totally. Yeah. <laughs> Cutting room floor. Probably the worst example I could have. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, like Led Zeppelin, because I didn't listen to you an hour ago. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm totally listening to you right now. Yeah, no, it's fair. But yeah, so, so check out that album. It's really great. I will, for sure. And watch the movie. I will. Send me the link. I will send you the link. Right. And Silver Springs. Okay. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of stuff to do. You have a lot of takeaways. Jeez, a lot man. of deliverables out of this. I'm not supposed to have any homework after these bloody things. <laughs> okay, next tune, Canadian content, Navid. Do you Our like Lady Our Lady Peace? Peace? You know, I'm kind of on the fence. What's his name? Rain Maida? 
most one of the most beautiful men I've ever seen in my life. Would you not agree? His eyes alone. His wife is one of the most beautiful women in All right, Canada. I guess we can go tip for tat Chantel on that. Chantel Yeah. Um, She's great too. Yeah, yeah, no, she really is. Mm-hmm. She's a great musician. Um, I don't know. I kind of our lady piece had great songs. He's kind of weird a little bit. So weird. Yeah. But like, like a beautiful broken weird. Like yeah, I, I guess. I look at most front men are weird. Like, it's, tell it's, me one front man who's not weird. Uh, weird. D, D. Snyder, <laughs> Twisted Sister. It's totally normal. He's, totally t- he's a totally normal guy. Um, Getty Lee's not very weird, is he? No. You could have said that one. Getty Lee is a completely normal person. Yeah, so we... Goes to the Jays games, does the box score. Yeah, yeah. Normal. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, um, Naveed. Naveed. So, Our Lady Peace was one of the very first albums I bought with my own money, you know, <laughs> saving up. And I used to... I grew up in chaos most of the time for, mm-hmm. you know, whatever reasons. Most childhoods are chaotic. Mm-hmm. And this was an album I literally would just put on and escape into. And okay. like, you know, you again, how, you wake up after, you're like, how did I get here? <laughs> you know, it's a funny song. I digress. But do you know the Uka Chaka? Uka that song, uh, I can't stop this feeling. It was on the yeah. Reservoir Dogs soundtrack. Yeah, 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 I can't think of the name. It's yeah, like, it's um, a little green. Hooked bag. on it's, a feeling. That's it. Hooked yeah. on a feeling. Yeah. Um, that was an album that I just stole one day and would sink into. Yeah. And that's another one like Stacey Q. You hear it and it makes no sense, but it yes. takes me back to like completely just closing off from the world. It's that yeah. Uka Chaka. It was like ah, like why is Robin crying all of a sudden? <laughs> um, anyways, Naveed was like the first album I bought. I loved Our Lady Peace so much. And going back to my step that I talked about, mm-hmm. we've seen Our Lady Peace in concert like a, a quadrillion times. Really? That's not a number, but it's such it's such a big number that it, there's no name for it. And <laughs> the community of people that love Our Lady Peace, it's the experience of the concert. Right. You like any con- most concerts, I should say, are like that, but you literally like everyone's singing at the same time and you know the songs and they they're such great performers. Mm-hmm. Um there's one thing about Our Lady Peace I don't like is the sound of their snare. I don't know if you... It's very sharp, like twangy. It's very militant. Yes! And yeah. I've always hated that. Yeah. And it's very difficult for me There's to... There's a lot of it. snare in this tune, too. So much. It's actually a little bit where it's just the snare. Yes! Beat, right? But... So I used to play bass okay. for like seven years when I was younger. Look and at this you, was Washington. Fancy! Um, and this was one of the first songs I self-taught myself because I loved the bass lick at the beginning. The no way. Yeah. That's cool. And so, like, I thought I was the shit because I would just play that over and over and over again. Um, <laughs> but that sound of the drum was the one thing about it that I didn't like. But I love the drum, the whole, like, the way that he's, he crashes so hard on it, and I love yeah. it. But it's that snare. I don't know what it is. And he, it's all our Lady Peace songs are like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, funny story is my my uncle was a drummer. Um, and he's like, Rob, you know, Jeremy something, who used to be the drummer there, he's doing trying to do this, like, Guinness Book of World Records at Mel Lastman Square okay. and get everyone, all these drummers to come and play the same exact drum lick at the same exact time and set a oh. world record. And I'm like, that's cool. I love Our Lady Peace. Yeah. And then I forgot how much I hate the sound of that snare. <laughs> and so imagine it, like, a thousand people playing that exact same thing. And I'm just like, oh, this is the worst. So that's a funny story about that. But anyways, um, Our Lady Peace I just absolutely love. Nice. 100%. It's like pure Canadian music. You go to America, not a lot of people know that. I know. It's like, Robin, you're from Toronto. Do you know Drake, Bieber, Rush? Like, tragically hip, never know who that is, but Bare Naked Ladies, because they do that, you know, yeah. theme song from the science show. Yes. Um, yeah. But it's just like, no one knows Our Lady Peace. And I kind of like that. 
Because I would sink back into Canada yeah. when I would go into them. Yeah, I kind of like that too. It's funny that you said that. I was just in Aruba last week and somebody from Dallas I was talking to. Yeah. And they said, uh, oh, you're from Toronto. Do you know Drake? It always happens. And you always have to answer yes. Because <laughs> why would you say no? I know. No. <laughs> I'm like, I absolutely Ooh. know Drake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I came back from Chicago, I lived there for four years. Yeah. The first thing I did was made a Spotify album of all Canada. So Good my nickname is, is Dubs. Yep. So it's called Canada Dubs, and it's just like all like it's like I had to bathe in Canadian music, and there's like so many, and I went all the way back to like um, Limb Lifter. Do you know that band? Yes. Came out of Age of Electric. Yes. Um, they're like on the, just, they're they're on tour this summer. Yes, they Real. are. So it's funny. My stepdad went to go, and I googled the um the set list. But it's like kind of a school night, you know. And yeah. so I was just like, but um, I just went like all Canadian, and there was so much Our Lady Peace all oh, over yeah. it. But and so I shared it with someone in America, and they had like. No, no clue. Biff Naked, love. Oh Biff yeah. Naked. yeah, she's all over that list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biff Naked for sure. She does a show where she tours and tells stories. Well, oh she, really? In between yeah. songs and stuff. And I've always wanted to go, but I haven't gone. That's cool. Yeah, I've seen her live. She's awesome. I was wondering what was going on with her. She wrote a book, which I bought and have not read. Oh really? Like my book? That was <laughs> like yeah. other book. I mean, I'm, it's on the phone. Um, but um. <laughs> Anyway, so she tours the book and albums at the same time. So she talks about stories. Like, she reads excerpts from the book. Cool. And then she talks about songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love myself today. Great tune. Such a good song. Yeah. When I hear her, I just feel so Canadian. Yeah. It's just like, again, you need to bathe in Canada when you get back from living in America for four years. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Good for you. You're Thanks. A good, you're, you're a good patriot. I'm back to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so your last tune, Washington, is remember. a song that I love and I completely forgot about. What? So thank you for bringing this back to You're me. welcome. If I Ever Lose My Faith in You by oh, Sting. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Great, great song. I love The Police. Yep, me too. Like, um, So Lonely is one of my favorite songs. Sting, solo. Yep. He lost me at um, Fields of Gold. Yeah, yeah, which is on this record, isn't yeah. it? Ten Sumner's Tales. There's, there's no other Sting song solo that I love like this. Yes. And I don't know what it is. I love me some Sting, and I hope he never listens to this because I feel like we'd be good friends. That's. But I, sorry, it's kind of yeah. funny because this is like his fifth solo record, I think, right? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. just, I can't. I don't like. I don't like solo Sting. Hmm. I don't know what. Please don't tell him. But um. I'm totally telling. You have don't do it. This song. I love this song. Yeah. I love it. And so there is a, like, I I struggle a lot of going to, like, dark places and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, when you do that constantly, you're always trying to, like, latch onto something to have faith in, in something. And I'm yes. not a religious person. Yeah. Organized religion kind of scares me. Mm-hmm. And I went through this period where I connected with someone that I went to high school with. And he's, like, super religious. And... He went through this exercise with me of like teaching me to pray mm-hmm. for the very first. I never prayed before until like, this was right before I went to Chicago. Okay. Because I was battling with like, should I move there? Like, there's guns there, and so, <laughs> and so he like that period of my time. He was so powerful to me in helping me get through this phase and get you know. And so I remember when we were on the phone, he's like, "You just have to pray about it." And I'm like, "I'm not." If I talk to God, I don't know if He knows who I am. Like, right. I haven't really been in touch. Um, and I remember it was such a weird experience. We hung up the phone. He's like, just go do it. Whatever. Hung up the phone and I started to pray and I bawled my eyes out. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm an emotional creature. Um, and I became like so much more spiritual and like faith driven after that. Because if you can believe in something or you can believe in whatever, 
you can get through anything. Yeah. And I realized that it was like him that I was having faith in. Like he was such a beautiful person. He is such a beautiful person and treated me so well and was such a good friend to me. Um, and then we grew apart a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this song always reminded me of him because it was like, if I don't have him, like he's my security blanket of faith, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I don't have him, it's dark. And I don't know how to have faith without knowing that there's people like him who exist. Yeah. And how can I have conflict with someone who, who has that sort of symbolism with me? And then, and this is something we've talked about before, there's a key change at the towards the end of yes. this song. And I am big on key change. And I think um, there's a harm. Is it a harmonica? So it, no, it's it's right. It is no, a harmonica. Sorry, the, the, is the, the, is the instrument. The, the, the pulsing. There's a pre-bridge that is not present in uh, the song up until right before the last he chorus. Says, let me say, say this, this first. first. Yes. Yep. Let me say this first. Key change. Which is amazing because you don't expect it. Yep. I love that. I listened to that whole song, thinking of all that experience I just told you. Yeah. And when that key change hits. Yeah. It's just like my stomach sinks. Yeah. And I know for anyone who's listening, Robin's just being dramatic, but it's literally my no, stomach get you. sinks. Yeah. And I literally like, I can't listen to that song without my eyes welling up because I'm yep. thinking about this, this good friend of mine. And I'm thinking about, again, this whole notion of like, you know, I have faith in people, you yep. know, that's what, that's my thing. And without that, I'm completely lost. Yep. And then this key change that is so like Sting didn't write it to, to make me you know lose control, but it's just there's it does something to me. But that's the power of a key change. Yes, it so is. So I was saying to you earlier, um, any any time there's a key change, it usually evokes some sort of different reaction. Yep. Like living on a prayer is every drunk white person's <laughs> favorite song, except for Juicy by Biggie Smalls, which is another one. Um, but. Living on a prayer and don't stop believing, I will say, is every that's, other that's white person's favorite example. song when they're yeah. drunk. Um, but there's a key change in living on a prayer. Yes. And you'll see it. Everyone's like singing their hearts out like they wrote it. And then that key change happens and everyone yep. just like explodes. That's right. And that's the power of a key change. And yeah. there's not a lot of people who get that. Yeah. With it. But I like that little pre-bridge bit. Now let me say this that, first. That, yeah, yeah. Because it's it's unexpected and it's just kind of a testament to the quality of, of songwriting mm-hmm. that Sting brings. Mm-hmm. You know? I love that bit. And again, this is one of those songs that if you hear it in like the doctor's office, like yeah, yeah. mostly, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But for people like that hear music like you and I, mm-hmm. that's the emotion that that song does. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. That gives you the feelings. See? And that's what the show is all about. There you go. Right here. That's a great way to end it. I think you did a fantastic job, Thanks. Washington. Good I job. I appreciate it. Thanks for having... This has been so fun. This is the stuff I get excited to do. I don't get to do it enough. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. Very therapeutic. Yeah. Like, I should be paying you for therapy. But I, I mean... Let's not get crazy. I did drive pretty far to get here, so I really like it even. But no, very part, therapeutic. I loved, on the way yeah, yeah. I loved this whole process. It was fantastic. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did too. Awesome. We had a great chat. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. This has been Brent Jensen and No Sleep Till Sudbury with my special guest, Ms. Robin Washington. Take care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon worldwide. <laughs>